Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One, two, three, four! Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Book Club with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton. No Natalie Campbell this month, unfortunately she is not with us, but we're sending her love. Um, And this month we are interviewing author Sally Gardner. She has sold over 2 million books worldwide and her latest, The Beauty of the Wolf, is a reworking of the classic Beauty and the Beast, but for adults. Sally, welcome to the Badass Book Club. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. (laughs) Uh, So we all know the story of Beauty and the Beast, but tell us, give us an overview of the Beauty of the Wolf. It's basically a, a gender reversal. Beauty is the man and the beast is the woman. And I really wanted to just play around with that as an idea. And I thought I'd set it in Elizabethan England because that's a time where we didn't, she have words for homosexuality and it was much more lucid. We we allowed people their sexuality in a way which we now have to talk about much more than we do should do. I'm always fascinated by the idea of beauty. We, I think for women, beauty is a really tricky thing. And I think a lot of us go to bed and imagine ourselves just waking up and suddenly we'll be like the size of a house or we'll, you know, we'll just explode with spots. Whereas men actually go through a period of time when they're young where they're sort of unbelievably beautiful and they're sort of golden in a way that women have a real problem at ever finding and they're so unaware of their beauty. They're very much more, it's just there. And I think for women it's a much harder game than we ever admit to. Definitely, I have definitely felt that. One of the things that was really interesting to me in the book is that Bo the beautiful male, um, the first time he sees himself properly in a mirror, he is completely almost horrified by what he looks like and the impact that his own beauty has on him. How do you think, I guess, men feel about their own beauty? You said you, they're almost unaware of it. Do you think that's... I think we're growing in... We're such a weird society at the moment where image is absolutely everything to everybody. Yeah. So... Nowadays, men are wearing makeup. They're much more aware of themselves. So it is slightly different. But in the sense of a sort of seeing yourself as a beautiful man, as a straight man and beautiful, I think is quite a hard ticket to buy. There's also something a little bit fearful about it, which is, you know, if you're very beautiful, it's seen either as, for men, either as a bit of a kind of I use this in quotes, girly <laughs> thing. Um, so it somehow in yep. some way affects your masculinity or it's something you're almost going to be manipulative with, that you can't be a kind of pure person. That That's exactly what um, 
the sorceress thinks mm. Bo will yeah. be is able to manipulate his beauty to get what he wants. And in a way, that is the stereotype of beauty. A beautiful woman will manipulate to get what she wants. And I really find that an interesting idea. He isn't he isn't like that because he's never grown up with a mirror. He's yeah. never been allowed to see his reflection. Mm -hmm. And he always thinks it's because of his sister that he doesn't see this image of himself. I, what really triggered this was a, a picture taken by a friend of mine and he was at a concert and it was quite a famous band playing and everyone in the picture is taking a selfie of themselves. Oh, wow. At the concert, everyone. There's a whole row of people. Oh. No one said, do this. They yeah. just did it. And there's something about that, that looking at yourself, that obsession with oneself that really got me thinking about what we're doing. People aren't living in the moment anymore. They're just obsessed with how they look in that moment. So the moment is postponed. Yeah. I find that really riveting. And that sort of triggered my idea about this reversal. In the book, the beast, because we've all reversaled, yeah. is Randa, the woman. And I'm, I'm not going to give too much away, but she grows up very unloved, you know, feeling very unloved and hidden away. And it really struck me that that feels very metaphorical of how a lot of women feel if they do not feel they are a classic beauty. So even if they are still incredibly attractive in their own way, if they're not this sort of the stereotype of what we think should be beautiful, we're instantly giving ourselves horns and feathers and things that aren't there. Is that been your experience? Has that been what you've seen in women you, around you? Yes, I think I think I never realised how what I looked like when I was yeah. younger. I look back now at pictures and think, what the f was I making such a fuss about? Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit stupid. You were really quite skinny, and what was all this? And um, I never owned it. And in fact, I think a lot of women own it in retrospect. Like they'll say when they get older, yeah, I was really rather beautiful or I was quite good looking then. But they don't never own it at the time. It's like I couldn't own it. I would sort of, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it at all. I had a very beautiful mother. And I think I was very aware of her being the queen bee on the whole beauty game and that no one was going to surpass her and you didn't even want to go into that arena really so I never thought I was at all and I think that is a thing lots of women grow up feeling I think there's just been a very one-dimensional viewpoint of what beautiful is hasn't yeah. there and I think for a long time I think with social media we we see a, a false beauty but I also think we're seeing more real life beauty in your book when Bo has been cursed, there's three types of archetypes. Can you tell us about that? So there's maiden, mother, and then the third one, crone? Well, the crone is the old thing in fairy tales. The crone is the wicked witch woman. I really love the idea of the, I, the sorceress is one of my favourite characters because she owns the bad side of woman as well as the good side of woman. And this idea that we are these flat pancake people who are either nice, pretty and good and mummy and we're not. We're all these things. We're bad mother, good mother, bad lover, good lover. We're all and nothing of these things. And I think it's in a way she, what I like about her is her roundness. She does make a terrible mistake and she has to come to terms with that. 
But the crone was the old thing. The crone was the menopausal woman in, in history. The crone, that was the crone. Oh, I'd never heard that term before. It was, uh, yeah. And she turns into the witch. Women always being portrayed as witches, aren't they? They old always women. are. I aspire to be a witch. <laughs> Bring on the witchiness. I think that's absolutely <laughs> true. I mean, it is true. You get to a certain age and it's all gone. And now you're just an old crone. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about the book and why you decided to write this book now because you're known as a children's author but this is quite a a dark adult book I think I love fairy tale yeah my real passion is fairy tale and I sort of I work in it so much for my children's and just to be able to write something that is rich and real in its in the truth of fairy tale, but tr- fairy tale was never meant for little people. This is the big mistake we've all been making. You know, Disney washed it whiter than white. And fairy tale was really for young women coming of age. It's the prick of the blood. It's the beginning of your menstrual cycle. It's it's a warning of the Harvey Weinsteins mm-hmm. to come, really. And it's a, they're very canny. They're very canny stories. So there is a beginning of... Cinderella, which is not ever told to younger children for this obvious reason. There is a king. His wife dies after giving birth to their daughter. But she says before she dies, you may marry again to any woman whose finger fits this ring. He obviously lives in a country of rather podgy-fingered women because he doesn't actually find anyone who fits the ring except for his daughter, who's 14 years old at the time. And when she sees what life is about to deliver her, she very sensibly upskirts and goes and lives at a house of a merchant who has two stepdaughters beginning Cinderella. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know this about so, fairy tales. Fairy tales were never... Cinderella's journey is quite an interesting one and one that I quite... Because so many people have just slandered her recently, so I'm here to defend this. <laughs> she starts in China. That's She starts before... The Bible is written. There's the first retelling of Cinderella. And obviously you can, we've got that from the feet, you know, the lopped off feet and the bits. Oh, of, and it follows the Silk Road and it comes up through Europe and it obviously gains bits and pieces like a rolling stone. It's, it's a, what's called a canny tale, a warning and if you think about it before it gets all the pseudo-religion pumped into it, but if you take all that out, it's actually a story about a girl who manages through, with the help of a god, fairy godmother, which you could argue is her imagination, to work out a way of getting out of it. And the thing about fairy tales which makes them so powerful is that these characters are both cardboard cutouts. I mean, the prince we know nothing more about except that he's into shoes, can't be a bad thing, and <laughs> he's kind of a bit of dandelion fluff. Yeah. Whereas Cinderella also was very, they're just vessels for your own psyche to go and travel in. Now, if we make every princess into the warrior, ass-kicking, royal bollocking woman, there is no place for the young girl to go and play because maybe she's the prince. Mm. She doesn't necessarily have to be saying to her mummy, I'm the princess. She may be thinking, I'm the prince. And we allow that psyche. And when we take that away, we take all the power of these fairy tales and we just throw them away. We just dismiss them. 
And for children, these are incredibly powerful things. But they're also very dark. And I wanted to play with the dark. And I can't, with my readership, play with that level of darkness. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to look at this point about fairy tales being a vessel for us to, for young girls to put themselves mm. in. Do you think how we portray our fairy tales in film and TV at the moment, do you think it's starting to allow that space no. back in from Disney? No. no. I mean, I, I, Frozen, I've got a granddaughter who's yeah. three and she goes around going, let it be, let it go, let it go. And I think that's fine. I think that's fine. But I think also it's important when she's a little older to be told the other story. Um, funnily enough, I think they've done Frozen is, you know, what, Frozen is Frozen. Um, and I've never been very keen on the Snow Queen. It's not my favourite of all the tales. Hans Christian Andersen overlays it with so much blooming religion that you feel slightly nauseous before you've got to the happy ever after. Um, but I'm really interested in the very the, the real old ones, like Beauty and the Beast, like um, Red Riding Hood, like um, Snow, White, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, again, is a story of a rape and a story of a harpy. And again, that was lobbed off because in the original, she is asleep in a forest and a prince gets told that that's by her, his mother is a harpy. He goes in and he rapes her. And she only wakes up when the twins nussle at her breast. And then she has to fight her way to sort of save her two little children from the harpy who wants to eat them. Oh my goodness! You Very different to how I say. So all sort of so sort of what I call not looking at these stories, not really understanding before you decide to dismiss yeah. this for your children is a big bad mistake. And um, I always love the thing what Einstein was asked. He was asked 
How, what would you recommend to make a child more intelligent? He said, read them fairy stories. The, obviously, the person asking the question wasn't satisfied because he asked again, what would make them more intelligent? He said, read them more fairy stories. And basically, what it does do is a, it kindles imagination. I'm passionate about that, and I don't think we're using it enough. Do all your do all your books have a happy ending? Fairy stories typically have happy endings, which I have a lot of beef with Disney about. Do your stories have happy endings? Well, I, this is a really funny thing. <laughs> For children, I can do unhappy endings. Mm. They quite accept it. Grown-ups get very upset. Why? <laughs> yes. And they like to know it's all going to sort of... A will meet Z at the end. <laughs> I must admit, I do that get a bit sad funny. if I watch a film and there's not, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little bit sad oh, if it so doesn't. I feel, you know, I, I sort of feel, oh dear, you've got to help grown-ups. But interesting that children are very accepting of a, an children unhappy are, ending. Children are fabulous. They accept very complicated ideas. Um, they have no problem with lots of things that I do, which I know I have to be a bit more careful and so explain a little bit more. <laughs> you are you've written so many books and I was looking through your back catalogue and they are wide ranging. They go across countries, times, eras. How do you even start your research and your process? Well, I think I'm fairly bonkers, so that helps. And I have to get myself down to a certain age. I've just finished writing a book now for middle grade. And that took a long, long time. I felt like one of those pilots, you know, trying to land a plane in a very windy thing. And just every time I nearly hit the runway, but I have to go back up again and then try again to re-enter to get it down to the right age group. But I, I love writing for that age group. And then, there, and there's such freedom when I write for adults, you know, because I can be a bit more naughty and I can play with language and I can... And I wanted to play with language and I wanted to use words that we've sort of lost and they're so delicious. Um, I don't know how I do it, but I do. And I, <laughs> I, I have no recipe for it. Have you always been a big reader? Well, I was severely dyslexic. Yeah. So my big problem was that I didn't read till I was 14. And I got written off educationally. So my imagination was so superbly developed. You could give me a catalogue and I could make you a hundred stories from it. So I, I lived in my head. And I always say to people, imagination is just a muscle. It's, it's, it's as good as working out in a gym. If you don't use it, it'll go. But I worked it so hard when I was little. I had to, to make my life bearable. And I worked it and worked it and worked it. And now it's like little, it sits on the thing going, okay, what do you want me to play? <laughs> Can you tell us about your author name? Because you write in a different name, do. don't you? I do. And, uh, and what drove that decision to have a, a different name? Well, I writing? didn't want my young readership to read about sex from oh, me. Oh, I see. So your and grown-up books are in your... Yes, in the Ray Delaney. Yes, okay. And I just think it's just a barrier. Everyone knows it's me, but, you know, if you get to 18 and you still feel like reading me, there, there I am. And I got one journalist from The Sun said something quite funny. He said to me, you've been very naughty. You've written a book with um, sex in it. Do you think you should be doing that as a children's writer? And I said, where do you think children come from? Bad sex. <laughs> Also, love there is like there is a lot of sex in the book. It's not. It's not. I hadn't really thought about that, but it's 
reading through it, it's a really, it's a range. Like there's some terrible sex, there's some average sex, there's some good sex. It's it's all there. It's all there, yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I just had somebody being very upset about one chapter being on a penis. And that seemed to cause them terrible upsetment and... It was too much, too much. <laughs> too much. And it wasn't that cup of tea. And I kept thinking, my God, what's going to happen when they get out into the big bad world? <laughs> the wolf has a tutu. <laughs> what do you want to do next? Do you want to keep writing books for adults? Or are you... Um, is I that am, a different process? Yes, it's very. Mm. It's a very different process. It's, it's um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it as, as a process I have. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing one more. And I'm going to see where that goes and how it goes and what it does. And then, but I'm going to keep on writing, yeah. Are you going to keep using fairy tales? Yeah, I love fairy tales. I, like, I want to make up a few as well, my own. Is there a structure for them? Yeah, there is quite. Actually, so what makes a fairy tale a fairy tale? Well, that's quite interesting because there are very few fairies in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of witches. There's hardly any fairies in them. They're incredibly disappointing on the level of, you know, there. And it used to be in the very olden days that you couldn't really say the word because it was thought unlucky. What, fairy? Mm. Really? Mm. You, you weren't, you know, not a good idea to keep on saying it many, many, many times. Mm. And um, I, was, I was fascinated as a child that they never had fairies in them. I used to think, they're very odd. <laughs> Hardly any in here. I quite like them when they're sort of rogue. You know, fairies are sort of just in bloody-minded mood and do grant a wish to somebody who's wished for something quite ridiculously stupid and they're stuck with it. I did one with a, a child having a birthday in a series for children where a fat fairy turns up and the child thinks the fat fairy is part of the entertainment and the fat fairy says, I've come here to give you a wish, love. And he, he, he doesn't believe it but he wishes he could fly and that changes his life. Oh, wow. So I quite like that sort of rogue quality of... Naughtiness. Reinventing the fairy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we loved it. Thank you so much, Sally, for coming and chatting to us about the book. Beauty of the Wolf is out now. It definitely is. And um, it is a beautiful, dark fairy tale. We very much enjoyed reading it. Thank you. Thank you. The Badass Women's Hour Book Club will be back next month. Um, but if you want to join us in reading along, don't forget that you can download the Kobo app. K-O-B-O, Kobo app, and get, there are a few, if you're quick, free copies of the audiobook, The Beauty of the Wolf, just using the code BADASS, obviously, at checkout, use the code BADASS, um, and come talk to us about it. You can find us on Twitter, at Badass Women's Hour, HR, at Badass Women's Hour, or you can find me, at Harriet Minter, or Emma, at Emma Sexton, uh, or, of course, the lovely Nat, at Nat D. Campbell. Uh, come and talk to us about it, and we will see you here again next month with another brilliant book from our Badass Book Club. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.